Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hello, Katie. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself, Keith? I like your stripes today, by the way. I love a stripe. Oh, thank you. It's very sailor. Yeah, exactly. I like everything nautical. Yes, all things nautical. Well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Elton John and Britney Spears' team-up on Hold Me Closer debuts straight into the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, how Harry Styles As It Was is both the song of the summer and the song with the most weeks at number one on the Hot 100 in the 2020s, and how the delayed releases of vinyl albums prompts top 10 returns on the Billboard 200 for both Kendrick Lamar and Silk Sonic's latest releases. Also on the show, in addition to Harry Styles dominating the Songs of the Summer chart and returning to number one on the Hot 100, he and his upcoming movie Don't Worry Darling dominated headlines out of the Venice Film Festival over the weekend. Will all the off-screen antics overshadow the movie itself? I guess that remains to be seen, but we'll talk all about Harry's new movie star turn a little later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, Harry Styles, as it was, collects a 12th week at number one, the most weeks atop the list for any song in the 2020s decade. Granted, the decade is still young. Uh, The last song to have more weeks at number one was Lil Nas X's Old Town Road, of course, featuring Billy Ray Cyrus, with 19 weeks at number one in 2019. Hard to believe it was only 2019. I know. Um, Also, it also holds the record for the most weeks at number one in the history of the chart. As It Was has also been named Billboard's Song of the Summer for 2022, which is probably not surprising if you've been following the chart this year or listening to the pop shop. The Song of the Summer is effectively a recap of the weekly chart performance on the Hot 100 itself, so it's natural that if you were a monster hit on the Hot 100 for the past three months, well then, you are probably going to end up named Song of the Summer. At number two on the Hot 100, Steve Lacey's Bad Habit rises three to two, inching ever closer to number one. Last week, I noted that the song... Uh, If the song goes to number one, it will be the second number one this year to have debuted at number 100 on the chart following and to go to number one following Glass Animals Heat Waves. If Bad Habit goes to number one, it will have another common thread with Heat Waves as both songs were the debut chart hit for their respective act. A debut chart hit starting at number 100 and going all the way to number one? That's obviously very impressive, but we shall see if Bad will make it all the way to the top. It's amazing that it is at number two. I heard it on the radio for the first time this weekend. So radio's obviously um, catching up to its online popularity. And uh, so the sky's the limit. Yeah. Next up, staying with the Hot 100. 
Elton John and Britney Spears make a splash as their collaborative hit Hold Me Closer debuts at number 6. It's the 29th top 10 for John and the 14th for Spears. The song is a mashup of three earlier John hits, Tiny Dancer, The One, and his chart-topping Don't Go Breaking My Heart with Kiki D. I have to say, I don't know where Don't Go Breaking My Heart is actually in Hold Me Closer. Do you, Katie? I didn't know that it was until you just told me right now. I've All the reporting I had seen was only about Tiny Dancer and The One. In the press release when they announced it, they said Don't Go Breaking My Heart is somehow in it. And well, this yeah. is me going and listening to it and figuring it out. Uh, but I'm, I'm I, so, now that you asked me, but I'm so thrilled about this high debut for them. Number six is incredible. Yeah, I mean, um, Hold Me Closer, of course, follows another John mashup that hit the top ten, which we've talked about extensively. The Dua Lipa collaboration, Cold Heart, the Pinal remix, which blended Rocket Man and three other John songs, and it rose to number seven in January. Uh, for Spears, this is her first top ten since 2013, when another collaboration, Scream and Shout with Will I Am, reached number three. And it's like Elton John is 75 years old and 52 years into his chart career. And he has now had these two top 10 hits on the Hot 100 in the year 2022. And then Britney coming back from just the brink, like, I mean, the absolute, like, you know, low point personally and professionally to rebound with her first song since 2016 and have it be a top 10 on the Hot 100. It's just, what? The whole thing is just crazy. All of this is just, it's all just very, it's just wackadoodle. Yeah. Um, which is brilliant yes. in itself. Because it's like, who would have ever thought any of this would happen? And it's just kind of brilliant that it all did. Um, also, what's crazy is that Elton hasn't had two top 10 hits in less than 12 months since 1992 mm. when he hit number nine with The One, which is also heard in Hold Me Closer, mm -hmm. and number one with his cover of his own Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me with George Michael. So the weird connections continue yeah. with Elton and his covering, recovering, and covering yet again and of things in his catalog. As well, and with, duets. you know, with other high-profile artists. And yeah, it's um, it's a cool, it's a very cool chart story. And I love that, you know, this seems to be the new formula, as we said on um, the last podcast. Like, he wants to do one of these every summer. And I say, please, go for it. Because they, you know, these last two have been so great. And, you know, who is he going to collaborate with next? We can all make it a guessing game every year and, and take it to the top ten. Love it. I, w I would like to think that these two songs, the Cold Heart and Hold Me Closer, hopefully they'll sort of prime mass audiences and maybe younger people who are on streaming services and also the gatekeepers at streaming services to be more inclined to maybe playlist and throw something into heavy rotation on radio that is a brand new original Elton John song. Yeah. Like, hey, folks, these songs have reminded you of just what an incredible 
obviously songwriter and performer Elton John is, and you you loved all of his old stuff, maybe you'll enjoy something brand new. Like you can do both. I'm trying to think if there are examples like that where you know people have had comebacks. And the one thing that just popped into my head, which is totally not the same, because first of all, they were much uh, less time into their career at this point. But it makes me think a little bit of like when Run DMC covered Walk This Way and then had Aerosmith oh. involved in it, and then that felt like it kickstarted a new era for Aerosmith in like the music video era because of that kind of you know cover of their own song right absolutely Aerosmith okay good it was a good example well yeah I mean it, uh, <laughs> yeah it was it's a great example well p- please Alton just keep it coming love it and it, you know it's quite something that Spears's last three hot 100 entries were all collaborations before the Elton John mm, collab I did not realize that um but with artists at the time that seemed more obvious it's like someone that she would obviously pair up with to get a hit sure um because who would have thought in the year 2022 a britney spears elton john collaboration would even exist much less would you ever think that that would be the route to getting a hit in 2022 i think elton would probably agree with that too to a certain degree britney's last three hits on the hot 100 were slumber party with tinashe in 2016 Make Me with G-Eazy in 2016, and Pretty Girls with Iggy Azalea in 2015, but none of them reached the top 10. Um, right. So anyway, super interesting, and uh, it's it's just sort of wild to see how well this song has done, but also not wild at the same time. Yeah, and um, Gary said in his story on Tuesday about the top 10 debut that Britney now has top 10 hits on the Hot 100 in four consecutive decades. I, that's crazy. I mean, I know, once again, the 2020s are young, but it is like, you know, I, I think we think of her as a relatively new act. So, um, but of course, she has hits in the 1990s, the 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s. Um, and she's one of only four acts to have achieved this, following, as we reported, I think just last week, Snoop Dogg and uh, Jay Z and Mariah Carey. Yeah, Snoop Dogg just did it a few weeks ago with that BTS track. And, exactly. Yeah. The um, Benny Blanco. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, lastly, over on the uh, Billboard 200 Albums chart, DJ Khaled collects his fourth number one as his star-studded God Did debuts at number one. Now, God Did boasts 31 guest artists, by my count, including 16 acts that have previously topped the Billboard 200. Hmm. Among them, Drake, Eminem, Future, Jay-Z, Jadakiss, Little Baby, and Travis Scott. There's more, obviously, because there's 16, not, clown- not counting Mr. Khaled himself. Right. Um, but it's just wild how how he can collect so many, like, super A-listers to show up for He must first. be fun to hang out with. That's what I think. He, he has to be. He, <laughs> he's got, he he's must got be. fun energy. Also in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, the K-pop group twice collects its third top 10 as Between 1 and 2 debuts at number 3. Funny how that worked out. Uh, And Nicki Minaj's Greatest Hits compilation, Queen Radio Volume 1, debuts at number 10. Also, a pair of albums returned to the top 10 thanks to their vinyl releases that came actually a number of months after their albums were initially released. Kendrick Lamar's former number one, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, bolts 24 to 4, while Silk Sonic's An Evening with Silk Sonic vaults from number 200 
to number seven. By the way, Mr. Morale nets the third largest sales week for a rap album on vinyl since Luminate began tracking sales in 1991. It sold 36,000 copies. And An Evening with Silk Sonic logs the biggest week on vinyl for an R&B album in the Luminate era with Mm. 37,000 sold. Uh, So uh, crazy. Again, I mean, we've talked about this a lot before, but... Um, you know, when you have obviously months and months of pre-orders kind of rolling up into one big week, this kind of big number is going to be seen. But, you know, imagine if imagine if Kendrick had those 30 something thousand sales in his debut week. He was already number one, but would it would have just made the number bigger. And I, I also already checked this. Silk Sonic debuted the same week as Red Taylor's version debuted, so mm, there was no way it was right. ever going to be number one. Correct. Um, but, you know, sometimes if you had that vinyl in your first week, maybe it could help you get a higher chart position. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Or maybe people like just, you know, having this late surge <laughs> on the charts. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, but then, you know, you look at someone like Madonna. Look, I didn't have to try that hard to work her into the show. Last <laughs> week, last week it was really beneficial that she had her vinyl the same week as her CD and digital were available. Yeah. So stay anyway. tuned to see how how we'll mention Madonna next week, everyone. <laughs> <clears throat> Just kidding. Um, yeah, we've already mentioned Mr. Harry Styles on the show today, but Keith, were, were you on Twitter at all this long weekend? Did you spend any time on, on social media? Uh, kind of, a little bit. Uh, you, you might be referencing the Venice Film Festival. I'm very much referencing the Venice Film Festival. So his film, uh, Don't Worry Darling, which is uh, directed by his girlfriend, Olivia Wilde. It's actually how they met. And uh, stars Florence Pugh. Um, and Harry plays her husband in the film. It uh, had its splashy premiere at uh, Venice this past weekend. Um, you know, we've been talking about this movie for you know, a year and a half at this point. Um, but people actually got to see it for the first time and reviews are out and the huge red carpet premiere happened and the massive screening where all the stars were sitting front row in the balcony. And a lot went down with this movie this weekend and it was delightful to watch it unfold. Some of it was bizarre. I, the bizarre part I'm of course referencing the conspiracy theory that Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine, his co-star in the film, in the theater. I'm sure you've seen the Zapruder film, I Breaking did. Down the Spit. I did. I did. I, uh, <laughs> Scott Feinberg, uh, who hosts Awards Chatter at THR, and he's been a guest on the show, he he posted a slow-mo shot, and then I watched the regular speed version, and it's pretty clear that Harry probably gestured at like fake spitting on Chris Pine's sunglasses that were in his lap because later you see them before the movie's about to start. Chris Pine puts his sunglasses on like in a really sort of cheeky way and like Harry kind of like elbows him. They're both goofball prankster type people. Something's going on there. So clearly something was going on as like an inside joke. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, One of the takes that I saw about it was that Chris had like misplaced his sunglasses and then he like notices, oh, wait, they're like in my seat in between my lap. And if you look at if you watch it that way, it looks like he's just literally noticing his sunglasses are there and picks them up. There's like very innocent ways you could 
you know, look at this video, but, you know, Twitter doesn't like innocent ways to look at videos. They want to find the most ridiculous way. And then it, that was also paired with a clip that went viral from the press conference about the film where Harry and Chris were sitting next to each other. And Harry's talking about what a wonderful film this is to see in theaters. Like, it's a lovely cinematic experience. And Chris is just zoning out. And all the cameras, like, pan in on Chris looking like, Please, like, shoot me into outer space and away from this press conference right are we both, now. Are we both following St. Hoax on Instagram? Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with St. Hoax. Best follow on Instagram, by the way, everybody. They posted this video of Harry, like, answering the question, like, it's like a real movie, a cinematic experience. Like a movie you want to see in the theater. You, you want to see in the theater, a film, you know, a movie. I'm like... Yeah, yeah, like, it is. Like a movie. And Chris Pine's probably thinking, yeah, like all the movies I've made for the last 25 years, kid. Like, get out of here, new guy. <laughs> and I, and also, like, all of this, all of this sort of press stuff around this movie is there's this, it's, it, there's this shadow around it of all this sort of intern, like, like drama around. The casting yes. of Shia LaBeouf and how he departed the film and how Harry replaced him. Um, mm-hmm. And then the drama of the Olivia Wilde getting served some sort of papers from Jason Sudeikis at a, a film. At CinemaCon. CinemaCon. And that was re- and CinemaCon was related to um, sort of didn't they show clips of the movie of this movie there? Yeah, that's they they premiered like a trailer there. And. And it's like, did Harry break up Olivia with Jason? Is that what happened? Like, and and then it's like, there's also drama that they, people think Florence Pugh and Olivia no longer speak to one another, and right. that was not helped by the fact that Florence is not doing press for this film. She walked the red carpet. She was at the screening, but she did not do the press conference, and she will not be doing film junkets moving forward. Um, but all um, I've read a few reviews about the film now, and the overarchingly positive thing that everybody says is how fantastic Florence Pugh is in the film. Like that she is so so good. Um, you know, it seems like I think Harry has a pretty minor role, all things considered. Really? Um, yeah. Like I, I think oh. that um, it sounds to me from the reviews I've read that it's like Florence as the centerpiece. Chris Pine is like her foil and everybody else is is there. And but like the main like Florence is the deal in the movie. Like she's the main thing. Oh, yeah. Funny. Like I've like I saw the trailer. Um, oh, I mean, maybe there's a bunch of trailers, but I saw like I think what was the official trailer. I can't tell you what the hell the movie's about. Well, and it's got like a science fiction yeah, element, it, like yeah, but can't, still, but like again, none of the reviews give away like what's really happening. It's obvious that there's something secretive and nefarious going on, but like we don't know what. Right. Um, which which made me very interested. It made me very interested to see it because I'm like, okay, this is some sort of weird science fiction Twilight Zone. I'm not quite sure. Nor do you really see that many of them speak a lot of dialogue. I don't think the trailer showed Harry saying any lines perhaps there's a there's a, a clip that came out like last week where harry has his like medius bit of dialogue like a scene between him and florence where she's kind of like threatening to like kind of explode their life their like idyllic life and and he gets very dramatic so you kind of get to see harry act for the first time because obviously he's been in like dunkirk 
um, in a smaller role. I don't know if that was a speaking role. I didn't see Dunkirk. Um, did I. But and I he know was, that he, he has a bit part at the end of of a of a oh right a Marvel film a Marvel film. I won't completely spoil it, but he has like right. one and a half lines. So I'm like, right. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so I th- I think this will be a showcase, you know, a, a small showcase, even though Florence is the main attraction. The reviews are not great. I think a lot of people were surprised by the um, tone of the film or something. It, it all is interesting. I was surprised because I loved Booksmart, which Olivia Wilde directed. That was her first movie that she directed. And this couldn't be further from, like, you know, the plot and tone of, you know, Booksmart, which was labeled, like, the female super bad. Now it's, right. like, all of a sudden, like, science fiction. Um, it just feels like it's, it's a, you know, it's it's a lot more. It's a lot more complicated of a film and a lot more complicated of uh, off-screen situation <laughs> as well, it seems. <laughs> Do we... Two questions. You just said this, and I've already immediately forgotten it. Have the reviews been kind in general? No. No. Basically, the, the the tone that I got from the IndieWire review I read and the Hollywood Reporter review I read are that like Florence Pugh's incredible performance can't save this film. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, have did any of them take notice of Harry in particular? Not. No. <laughs> Which is why I think that his role in the end is is quite minor mm. in, because I think people would have talked about it more had but, he had. It could, it, but it means he didn't do a bad job, right? Right. I was going to say, like, you, of the two reviews that you've read so far, and granted, it was only at a film festival, so they're still all trickling out. If they had gone out of their way to say, oh, my God, he was atrocious, then we'd be then we'd be worried. But maybe right. he comes out of this unscathed. Well, and it's interesting. The you know, you mentioned Shia LaBeouf was originally supposed to play this role. He is, you know, known as a very like intense actor Methody guy. Actor. Like, yeah. it's like would the role might have been something completely different, and that could have been part of the drama as well. Like, the role could have been like, like basically, Sh- maybe Shia wanted to do more with it, and Olivia right. really wanted Florence to be the main attraction. You know what I mean? And so, getting Harry obviously is its own distraction, but he also is new and is fine to do something smaller in a film with people that he's, you know, wanting wanting to work with, right? Right. So, um I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm I will 100% be watching this movie. That much I can tell you. Like I I don't care what the reviews say. Like I need to see it now. I need to see every piece of it and I can't wait and uh I we'll see like what this like a lot of people have been talking about how the like off-screen drama might uh, impact its like box office and all that. I feel like a Harry Styles fan was going to see this movie before. They're going to see it after. They're not. They're not affected. And I think people like me who are curious about like all the wackiness want to see it. You know. So yeah. I think it'll be a good yeah. thing, personally. But so we'll stay tuned. So and then oh, I should mention by the way, Harry has a more leading role coming out. In uh, an Amazon Prime film, I think it's in November oh, called policeman? My Policeman. Yeah, My and policeman, he yeah. in that one he plays um, a, like he has a, a gay affair with a um, like he's a married man married to a woman and has an affair with a, another man, and um, that one looks like it might be like the true test of like you know Harry carrying a film, Harry acting a lot more in a film, etc. So I guess we'll have to wait a few months for for that one as well. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. You know, Sir Elton John has collaborated with a lot of people. Uh, Britney Spears, Dua Lipa, George Michael, 
just to name three that we've already name-checked on the show today. Katie, of the following four acts, by the way, this is a quiz, Katie, which has John not had a Hot 100 single with? Your choices are Eminem, Aretha Franklin, Leanne Rimes, and RuPaul. Well, I mean, my first question is, did they release Stan as like a commercially available single with Eminem or with uh, Elton John on it? I'm going to my guess is Eminem. All right. You are correct. (laughs) Um, Even though they famously partnered up on the Grammy Awards in 2001 with John accompanying Eminem in a performance of the latter's Stan, that recording uh, is their only officially released song, and it is included on Eminem's first Greatest Hits album, Curtain Call. Mm. But I didn't know that, actually, that it was uh, on the Greatest Hits album. It may have. Maybe they added it on later as a bonus track or something. Um, So Aretha Franklin... Uh, teamed up with Elton John on a duet called Through the Storm. It reached number 19 in 1989. Uh, Leanne Rimes paired up with Elton on Written in the Stars, which hit number 29 in 1999. And RuPaul uh, partnered up with Elton on a cover of Elton's Don't Go Breaking My Heart. There's that song again Ah. in 1994. And that hit number 92. Maybe it's the RuPaul version that's included in the new Britney song. Yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) So there you have it. A little uh, chart stat quiz, Katie, about Elton's mini collaborations on the Hot 100. Okay, we've reached the end of our big uh, Harry Styles laden show. Uh, Any parting words, Katie? Uh, I love that. I just like mind Twitter drama for our episode today. Um, But it was all like, I mean, it's all I read like all day on Labor Day. I know Labor Day, I should be like putting my phone down, but I like looked at every single meme and every tweet about everything. It was so great. Really enjoyed it. Okay. So you're still, you're still answering my question. What song should we go out on? Oh, wait, no, oh, that wasn't, I, did, I didn't that even ask your you. question. You said I had any final words, and I just told you my final words. I'm discombobulated. It's, it's you a weird week. To, you get to choose the song today, though. Oh, That's well, what I think. why don't we hear a little bit of uh, the Elton John and RuPaul version of Don't Go Breaking yes, My Heart? Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, bye. So don't go break